This episode is brought to you by Brave Wave, a video game music label that has recently released the first album, solo album, from Keiji Yamagishi, the composer of the original Ninja Gaiden and Tecmo Bowl. Uh, sorry, Tecmo Super Bowl. So uh, check it out. You can go and find it at store.bravewave.net. When I was a kid, I played Tecmo Super Bowl almost every single day with my buddy Logan, and his dad con- his dad convinced us that the running back for the Denver Broncos was invincible, so we would have these <laughs> giant flat out battles about who got to play as the Denver Broncos, like in the in life or in the game. In the as game, a child, you might uh, in the game either in the game. It's like because yeah. he would we would sometimes see his dad playing Tecmo Super Bowl, just yeah. like his dad was. We, we're yeah. on a theme recently in terms of children. Being confused. Like being yes, confused. About <laughs> children games. are always confused. <laughs> confused children. We're fucking confused children. Yep. <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've had this cough for too long. There's a steam room at the gym across the street. I want and you to come. The 3D effects are incredible. I want you to come with me. Fuck off. Oh god. Oh my god, it's March 18th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 202. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanna. 200 and number two. Oh, what? Uh, I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Danielle Riendo. Oh god. Oh wow. Hey. We're here. Hey. Hi, everybody. You, hey. guys, you guys are staring each other down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know where Jake, it was Jake and Danielle weird. just had a moment of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre. Yeah. But that was like, here. that was like, I thought you guys were going to like, I thought you were going to ask her to prom at the end of that. <laughs> just like bumped into her in the hallway and went, oh. She said no. So when you do anything on this Friday, maybe the prom, maybe not. I don't know. Like, we could do a movie or something or I could just go die. Okay, goodbye. Bye. I'm Jake Rockin. <laughs> <laughs> It was exciting. Everybody's just playing City Skylines. Yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> I'm not. I wish I were. Right now? Are you? Mean, I mean, yeah, yes, like but moment. also more in general. Yeah. yeah, I don't have internet at my new apartment, so I'm not doing anything. I'm watching TV shows from like two weeks ago. That's what I'm doing. You know, Comcast cares. Comcast gives zero fucks. <laughs> we, we, our internet, our internet was out for for most of last week, and we found out it's because the people who live two floors above us just cut ours and attached the wire to theirs. Oh, they just stole your cable, literally. Yeah. Isn't that so yes. funny? <laughs> Paolo oh discovered God. that when he went home last week, like because the cable guy was coming. Like, oh, we see the source of your problem. <laughs> your upstairs neighbors are industrious. <laughs> Oh my god. No one's gonna notice. Snip. Like what uh yeah. they're gonna send a guy out. The whole floor of this building's TV stopped and yours started. Weird. I mean the whole floor is just our apartment. I know. But, couldn't, but, yeah. couldn't you very easily They could have just split it. I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah, for the same they make a thing that's you called a cable bo- splitter oh. that is literally that. <laughs> yeah. It is it does it splits a cable. <laughs> my concern is that they are they when when we reattached it to ours went, hey, what's the deal? The cable's out. And then we're just going to be involved now in a passive-aggressive, months-long campaign. Oh my God. Turns out it's actually a third neighbor's cable and always has been. <laughs> you guys it's just a middle floor. It's the yeah. middle floor yeah, they're people. They're fighting over. <laughs> there are actually cable two wars. other live cable leads just somewhere else in the building. 
<laughs> well, I, we have one of those just ancient San Francisco houses. I mean, ancient meaning 120 years old, but like, you know, just one of those, for here. where there's yeah. wiring cruft from all, all the, eras. Yes, exactly. It's just on the outside of the house, just on the wall. It's just there. It's just there in like four different huge rats, rats nests. Of right, of different different tables. amounts of has been painted over, yeah. has been taped before right. being painted over. I remember when I, when I first got internet hooked up in that apartment, the guy came over and he looked at it and he was just like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to need okay, a ladder. So, and it was just a whole day process of the two of us like testing things and like tracing paths. Yeah, the reason oh, that I don't God. have cable is because that's what happened. I'm in a building that has 30 units. It's built in the 20s. And it has two metal boxes that are probably from the 50s down in the basement, one on each side of the building. And you open them and it's just... Hundreds of coaxial cables, some of which have little like metal hand painted loops on them with apartment numbers. Oh, <laughs> and some of wait. them don't. Some of them are broken off. There's just a handful of just broken numbers on the floor of these boxes. So the cable guy came over and he just went, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and then we did that for half a day. Then he's like, I guess you don't have cable in your apartment. And he left. What? And now someone is supposed to be talking to someone, and I'm not involved in the equation because it's the people who own the building and the cable guy. Right. So therefore, I will never have internet. So in what my are other people doing? Your you should just buy. No, they all have cable, <laughs> but you don't in your specific unit. Our unit was renovated, and apparently, it might just be curled up in the wall somewhere. And okay, you just buy a MiFi. Wow. What is that? What is That's a MiFi? Money. Verizon MiFi. That is money. Like through the sky thing. That's are awesome. Like yeah, like but twenty down. Like like. We use them at E3 yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, they're really good. Polygon. I'm sure it's expensive though. I'm yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure that, those two free Netflix off that <laughs> off that Verizon. Anyway, whatever. So I have not been playing Cities. Oh, man. Speaking of that, sorry. Speaking of just like getting <laughs> getting internet through the, the air, basically. There's a there's a there's a internet provider here in San Francisco called Monkey Brains that transmits internet to your house through like a satellite dish base. Not a satellite dish, it's, but through a like direct point to point line of sight transmission. And it's amazing. It's really good. I had it in my old apartment. It was great. Yeah, but to get to get Permit you, but like if you li- if you rent, you have to get your landlord's permission to put, you know, it's a like dish a direct TV like, dish. Yeah. Re- yeah, and I, rem- I remember we we contacted our landlord to see if we could do it, and he's like, uh, I don't think so. I don't really want like stuff on the outside of the house. <laughs> Meanwhile, just like pan two nest. degrees down, <laughs> infinite cables and boxes, and just a, a century of just <laughs> digital garbage, like just co- the. Entirely covering one you know face of monkey of brains. Huh? Did you tell him it was called monkey brains? Maybe it would have changed I, his I, mind. I think we did. I don't think oh. this is the kind of guy who would be one. He, he wouldn't by be that. into that. Okay. Yeah. Not an Indiana Jones fan. Though. Although, actually, you know what? This is relevant to uh, City Skylines because when I was without internet last week, I could play that game. I was going to make on that offline joke. mode yeah. on Steam. You acquired it. I had already downloaded had the game. Internet. And, and it works without a connection. Oh, unlike other The City Simulator mm-hmm. games. Right. Yeah. yeah. This game is – it's so funny to me how the first half an hour of City Skyline are just in your face. We are not SimCity. Really? I did not find that. Oh, okay. Really? It is, it's in your face. You're, you're saying it's in your face. This is SimCity, but it's not like your dad's SimCity, It's not the right? shitty one that you just played. Yeah. It's like all the things that should go wrong – in the first half an hour of setting up your city, just go wrong. Like, oh, like I cut off people oh, poop water. I see what right, you mean. You know what I mean? So you mean? Like, okay, I see what you're saying. All the bad design decisions it's like that Sim gave city, us but Sim with city. all the safeties turned off, kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah, all the bad. I, I get like, it. You know, okay. all the things that was like, no, we really just need this game to be super accessible. We need people buying stuff in the store. We need as many people playing this as possible. Online mode. That's what we need. They're just like, no, we're just going to make a good game. 
and people will appreciate. You'll that. learn. You'll learn to play it by fucking up. Yeah, in the ways that oh, you're supposed God. to fuck up, not the ways that are right. like impossible for you to address because they're baked into the game. Exactly. right. Yeah. No. I, okay. I see what you're saying. Lights went on and I off actually, in my city. Because for what it's <laughs> worth, yes. poop. Poop was <laughs> in the water. <laughs> yeah. People were drinking their own shit in no time. <laughs> because the because the 2013 Maxis Sim City, I actually, for what it's worth, like my first hour of that game was actually amazing. It was super entertaining and fun, which is what which was the basis on which we like. But that's because really it was entertaining and fun because it was beautiful, though. Right. That's that's true, and that's that's the, that is the main area in which that game you built a beautiful, is, is, harmonious is city in an hour. City skylines, yeah. but in all the other ways that matter. Um, city skylines actually work, but even it's like I don't think it's it is more, not more no. beautiful to than you know it's marginally nicer looking. I meant like I meant in like terms of the, the Maxis Sim City felt like it was very much about like you using the simulation elements of Sim City to create harmony, like to create right. a harmonious right. clockwork like city that you can observe from afar as it beautifully builds right. itself. Yeah, totally. I didn't mean like the art is pretty, which is also right. true. Yeah, but City Skylines, every single person who I've ever heard talk about it is like, oh, I fed my people poop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a great thread on the Idle Thumbs for I mean, I would imagine this would be true of almost any thread on any forum community about City Skylines, but um the one about City Skylines on the the Idle Forums is good, unsurprisingly. It's it's one of those threads where you just kind of browse through it and look at all the screenshots everyone's posting of their cities and it just makes you want to play it. Like yeah. it's just a classic thread like that. You know, one person posts the one like the person who's actually good at the game posts the ones where their city population is like 110,000 and it just looks like an infinite metropolis and it just, you're like, ah, oh, it looks so awesome. <laughs> and it's already huger than anything you could ever make in the Maxis SimCity. Uh, and then you see someone who's like, I fucked up my hydroelectric dam and the entire it's city just a flooded. flooded city yeah. oh, with like a sad yeah. dam in the middle yeah. of it. And yeah. It's like, oh, that didn't do it. So I was like, what? That's in this game? And then someone posts one where their entire city is like exactly in the shape of the like Soviet hammer and sickle. And it's, I mean, it's just, you, you just browse yeah. through the page and every different expression of someone being good or bad at this game is there in just two pages of people's posts and, and uh, images and posts. And it makes you want to, and that's what I was doing before we recorded this podcast. And I desperately want to play that game right now. I, I, uh... and, and I'm in yet another situation where I don't, I, I, for the next like two weeks, I can look ahead into my future of what all my individual days are going to be. And I know that there's not one single day where I'm just an un, un, unencumbered to play this game. And it makes me sad. That, that is really sad. I was going to say I mean, the no, Idle Thumbs reasons, community, but... it's it's better to have good reasons than yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to be miserable today. Right. No, no. Um, it'll, be, it'll be good. But, but yeah. the community was very helpful last night. I was playing this oh, game. Oh, yeah, you streamed it. I was, on the I was streaming it. And I was At getting a lot of good TV advice. slash Idle Thumbs. Yes, uh, you should go there to watch excellent streams of good games. Or interesting games, if they're not good. I like that you're ranking the quality of your streams above the game. They're excellent streams <laughs> of, of good games. Hey, they're good excellent games. streams. The games are they're of good, varying you know. quality, but the stream is always top-notch. Anyway, people were very helpful. They, yeah. were, they were helping me out. I because I had played a few hours, you know, of the game previously. I had made a few poop water cities and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of marginally <laughs> successful towns. Oh, poop water cities. <laughs> yeah. Poop water population... <laughs> On the it's decline. It's like Boston. <laughs> yeah, on the decline. It's the dirty water. Oh, I saw it. I, sorry, Water Cities just sounds like somebody's <laughs> last name to me. Oh, so. I thought that oh, was the mayor of Poop Water Cities. The mayor of Poop Water. Yeah, Poop Water sounds like a town name. Yeah, it that's like, like an a, old it gold like rush town. It sounds like a town in Massachusetts. Yeah. Like, or, oh, you go up by Poop Water near Dorchester. Or Arizona. Or Arizona. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right next to like normal and weird. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> actually, you know what? Those are those are all actually, in fact, just district names in Cities Skylines. <laughs> which one of the coolest features of this game nice. is that you can, in addition to zoning, uh, zoning specific like city blocks for uh, residential, commercial, or industrial, you can also just freeform paint districts that are just to- that, are, that are purely like abstract and, and under your own. Like un- unlike um, zones, they don't have to adhere to roads or anything. They can be wherever you want, and you can give them individual uh, policies that deal with things like recycling and traffic and like. That's it's amazing! Really yeah, so it's good. so fucking wow. Cool. You can add like yeah. so you can, and you can name them whatever you want. Yeah. Man, so you could way more accurately simulate San Francisco yeah. with cities skylines by just. Going so out of control with regional district <laughs> right. regulations yeah. that your city is dysfunctional yeah. immediately. Well, yeah, and Upper China Knob over here. Yeah. <laughs> the, tw- the So Twilo, the, the Twitter loin. So Twilo and No Twilo. Is Those are thing? real things oh now. Oh my god, of course they North are. Those fucking, Twitter loin and South is it, Are Twitter these loin. just like new real estate subgroup names? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's horrible. The, I was talking to Jane about the districts and she was saying she like solved an actual practical problem. By she she was getting congestion, well (laughs) she was getting um, congestion because of the like heavy trucks that were because in this game things are simulated to a much higher degree than they like individual actors are simulated to a much higher degree than they are in the Maxis SimCity game and so you get these very specifically caused problems like trucks that are taking raw materials to and from your industrial factories like how happy I just want to go play this game it's a disaster they have to actually (laughs) drive on the road like. From the freeway to to the actual right. um, factories, and so if you have a lot of factories that are need those raw materials delivered, you you get these traffic problems, especially if they're going through your residential zones, which have low density roads or whatever low capacity road, low throughput roads, whatever they are. And Jane like ended up um, building a like freeway overpass that went over the residential area, and then resident then zoning the residential area, like instituting a policy of no heavy traffic, so the trucks are like legally barred from uh, like taking big semis through there. So they have to use her detour. Did it actually like, literally go over her residential neighborhood? If so, does that then, well, I don't know if hers did, but you can do that in the Man, game. Man, does it you lower can... the property value? If you suddenly have heavy trucks, like, <laughs> like well, we decided to make Emeryville. Well, yeah, the, I, mean, there is, I mean, there is noise pollution. If trucks so create noise pollution and um, just pollution <clears throat> pollution, it would lower the property value. Yeah, if true. you put a freeway over a well, previously thriving residential she, area, I, then you'd yeah. create the East Bay. It may have been just like, <laughs> Adjacent to it, who knows? But the right. point is, like, she she successfully redirected traffic using the districting, right? Using um, zoning although, laws. Uh, you it's can crazy. build. Like, have you seen all the like road height tools? Because you can. I totally... saw someone uh, built built a freeway overpass over their airport landing strip. So that but they did it right. <laughs> that was just in the gun that running. Was gun, yeah, gun running. So planes oh, would touch down, and then they would just go. <laughs> and as they slow down, they slow down under the freeway. Like that's the most efficient. Total abuse yeah. of, of that, yeah. everybody. It looks, it looks amazing, it. though. Yeah. Like only pro pilots in, in Gunrunville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This game is really, really fun. It's really hard for me. It's a really, 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 really challenging I, game for me. I, it is also challenging for me. Because I started building my city and then zoomed my camera out enough ticks after, like, I don't know, my first hour and realized that like my roads weren't quite parallel <laughs> and that everything was just a little askew and I basically just couldn't I couldn't handle it. For the rest <laughs> what? Of it, no, so. that's when you got to go see if someone's made a flat iron building that you can stick in the place no, where no, your no, angles are. No, 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 it's not like off. that. It's not it's just a little <laughs> off. 
Just like, like, this like is two degrees. Just a touch. Just yeah. a touch off. Just wherever and that was angle is, put a bunch of parks. Oh, You'll never know. Yeah. I was just yeah. trying to get bring a road straight parks across another road, and then it wouldn't let me, so I had to like make it a little... I can't handle that. Put it's a roundabout so... in. You gotta just gotta just own it. Oh, no, I'm starting over. <laughs> oh no, which pisses me off because I really liked the city I was building, but it's gone now. The thing that I'm that I have trouble with, and this is purely in from my own brain, and might actually come out of playing the Maxis game, is my tendency is to build everything so close to each other at the beginning mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. In that game, I, I I played a lot of it despite it being disappointing in a lot yeah, of ways. Same. I still played it for many hours. And because you're, the overall size of your city is just hard-capped, I mean, you can have other cities connected to it. But in terms in of the, like the contiguous city. space in you have, 2013, in, yeah. yes, yeah. in the Maxis yeah. game, um, you are limited to this one block that will never get any bigger. And so I got really accustomed to building everything incredibly dense. But in this right. game, you don't have to well, do that's, that. It's you funny because that, that goes so yeah. against sort of your instinct from all other SimCities where you would always like – build your sort of first cluster of residential and commercial. Then you'd build like the shitty dirt road that goes way out to where your power and sewage is <laughs> yeah. way out in the middle of nowhere. And then you'd eventually have to grow out to it and build an industrial district. But with SimCity, the new one, you could not do that because there just wasn't space. If you did that, you actually fuck yourself. So what do you do? Like, what do you mean? I, I mean, I would like a new strategy for playing this game. And like, I'd never know what to do at the beginning where I come off the freeway, like the seed freeway and I build sort of like a loop or like a like a triangle or like a like a cross, and then I put like residential. Well, right here. at the freeway overpass is where you've got to put like a bunch of uh, dumpy like industrial buildings, <laughs> and then later put McMansions there in a way that's really annoying, <laughs> and then like half a mile in, put an old timey downtown. That's what I want. That's ex- <laughs> I just want to build San Rafael. <laughs> yeah. Just- the McMansions that are literally like a hundred yards over the fucking yeah, building. where it's like this used to be a quarry and now it's called like Quarry Heights, <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Quarry. That's yeah. actually in Petaluma, just uh, north of Marin County, where I grew up. There was a quarry. On, there was a, like right when I was a kid, there was a drive-in theater, which apparently in the seventies was a porno drive-in theater. Oh I, fuck yeah! What? Which I don't understand because you can see it from the overpass. And a <laughs> those qu- kids, yeah, God bless those kids. And and there's just a quarry and like a freight dumping yard. And now that is just like. The the drive-in is like preserved marshland. Quarry is like Quarry Heights, a string of McMansions, and the the scrapyard is now like an artisanal scrapyard. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? It's like it's got like a little like windmill made of welded fa- found parts with like a wacky welded animal, and like it's you know called like <laughs> called something cute right. with like a yeah. flower made out of California. plywood. <laughs> and twice a year, all the creepos come out of their McMansion and project 4K porn on the old drive-in. <laughs> And it's a cultural exchange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they have a, like uh, like movies in the park where they get the inflatable screen up, but it's just retro porn night. Yeah. <laughs> Look, kids. That would be the most interesting thing happening in, Pe- happening in Petaluma. Yeah. Bar none. All of these things and more are coming soon to the City Skylines uh, asset store. <laughs> That's the thing. You could do that. You could have a porno drive-in with, the, really with the Steam community shit. It it's would ha- kind yeah. of amazing. I've only just dabbled the tiniest little bit into In what people stuff. have been making. Yeah, and it's just, it's great. I saw someone put together yeah. a, like, what seems to already be a successful Patreon profile and it's a guy who's trying to pay off his student debt by, like, having people pledge to, how, you know, however much money the they want. Is guy who used to work at Maxis? Because I saw a lot of write-ups about... Oh, did he used to work at Maxis? I didn't there see was a, there no. was a, There was a guy who used to work at Maxis who then, um, he worked on SimCity, uh, and then now I think is between jobs and made uh, 
like a coal power plant and like and an in and out burger. I think that is that guy, maybe. And I've never seen the coal power plant, but I mean, I don't know if it's the same guy. I don't guy, know if it's the same guy, but, but every time he builds a city, his Patreon ticks over. It's every time every yeah. time he releases a new asset. Right, every time he builds uh, an new, asset. Like, yeah. So he's yeah. so he's I mean. paying off things by releasing new content like mod content. He has a Patreon yeah. going yeah, like, 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 whenever like, I make a new city skylines asset asset. Mainly are, buildings, I think, right? It's new buildings. Yeah. So okay. when I make a new building, anyone who's backing me pays me for it, and then obviously they get it along with the community. But he's like, he's like really 200 cool. bucks yeah. a building right now. Yeah, yeah. With when you add up all the people who have pledged. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, it is. It's an x Maxis developer. And you can tell because the buildings look great. They just look like really professionally yeah, yeah, that's made. The, the, the headline nice. that I saw was just SimCity artist now making assets for City Skylines. And it's like... yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maxis blew up if you're a modeler. I know. Like, what just... an amazing turn of events over the past two weeks. Literally yeah. in the same two weeks, they closed Maxis in Emeryville in this game launch. Oh, I know. This is like, this is a weird web tech deep cut, but we used to use a, a chat program for Idle Thumbs called Campfire to manage all of our oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the company that ran Campfire shut it down literally the same week as this other chat program called Slack went out of beta. And it was just like, this is the most fortuitous timing because Slack yeah. is all the things that Campfire wasn't. And now yeah. Slack... Well, they, is- they like sunsetted Campfire. They said, we're not shutting it down, but we are done updating it. And everybody, like, ugh. Everybody's but, already but been on Slack. it feels like yeah. Max is closing and the implicit, if you were ever going to still play SimCity, don't. At the exact same time as City Skylines, like the City Skylines guys had no idea. No, of surely that was yeah, happening, but yeah. surely, but they must have just gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Steam market, the Steam, um, sorry, workshop integration on this is so fucking cool. Is it's it actually so Steam cool. Workshop? It's Steam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you're, well, you know, when you're in the, main I menu, actually haven't browsed the, the oh, just, mods at all yet. Have you seen? I don't know if you played in the past few days. I don't know if it's an update or if it's shipping. I've been, been, but in the, city, in the main so. menu, it just shows you like a, like a scroll of things that are in the workshop yeah, it's basically right now. the right side so, of your are they yeah. are they specific screen. things that you have to add in or is it also like can, like i know like the uh the, this guy the maxis guy's coal power plant the example was it replaces or is it's an alternate coal power plant which like costs less but burns dirtier than the default coal power plant because the guy thought oh the default one feels like it's not the sort of cost benefit wasn't good so if you use his instead it has slightly different tuning values mm-hmm. Can you I put one pulsing fusion reactor that I got off the asset store <laughs> nice. in the middle of my city every single time I start. The, so awesome. the question that I had, though, was, was can you get that. assets that are just, like, backfill? So it's just, like, if I place a residential neighborhood and it random rolls which house goes in, can I also just go to the asset store and be like, give me 30 more houses to just up the randomization of my city? Or do I have to, like, get someone's Frank's residential zone instead, you know? I think... I don't know the answer I, to that. I'm, I'm, it's totally so I'm, curious. But I'm seeing things maybe that a really are just stupid, singular homes. Stupid yeah. question that maybe you guys already addressed when I was trying to figure out about this Maxis guy. But um, are the are all of the things that are available? Are they just new skins for existing like logical units that are already in the game? Saying. I was okay. I was asking. I was, okay, I think sorry. The, I the way that the way that the way that I don't know. We don't know. We don't know enough yeah. to know about this because yeah. what I read about the the power plant offered by the Maxis guy was that it had different gameplay values, and right. there, that implied to me that it was a different unit. Um. Right. So then I, that was what I was asking, like, are these literally replacements or variants that the game inserts? Or is it actually you choose to, like, is it literally a mod where you're like, I'm going to augment my game experience by adding new units into the mix of things I could buy? And I don't know enough to know. Right. But the fact that any of this exists at all makes me really stoked. Also, I keep seeing a ton of people talk about the potential for doing a total conversion. And that makes me really excited as well because... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would, being, I can't... Being able to buy or Being able to buy or download enough assets... That you could 
unload the generic city skyline assets and just load in someone's theme yeah, pack. The golden era of this, I feel, <laughs> or sort of the, the just shining example of this in PC games uh, of this type. In other words, like non-character driven, like sort of more abstract, like simulational games was Civ Four, which spawned. You'd say games where you don't play as a character, the better kind of game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, it was Civ Four, which spawned like really ambitious, really impressive total conversions that uh, like in some cases, I think jumpstarted careers. Like there was a there was a guy who made um, the heaven and it's sort of like heaven and hell themed one. I can't like religious themed one. I'm an idiot for not remembering what it was. But that guy has like a game design. Career Are there like entertainment units in this the way there are in SimCity where you could build like a stadium or just like or a fun well, time there are, park. Like, special buildings like a statue of, of shopping that inspires people to shop more at, at their little there are, business units. Like are there like are there entertainment you build sports arenas or like a music hall or whatever things like that i know there's Pl- places definitely civic pe- centers places that people go to entertain themselves yeah i mean there's parks and yeah. stuff where people just go. i guess you could use commercial things as yeah. well because the 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 inevitable thing that could that i would see existing slash thing that i would want is for someone to just make every individual Disneyland attraction as oh a my unit. God. So you could just build walking <laughs> just streets to build a huge your, oh, oh fat God. theme park in oh the middle of this. Oh, you could have humans oh walk God. down the walking oh streets of it and also go in and spend money in those events. And oh, you can that make a monorail. Yeah, and you also could just integrate it with your transportation network, but that could just be inside of your city. But if you just recreate a Disney World as yeah, yeah. Your but you can also scale. still have all the shitty hotels and stuff as well as part of your simulation, right? And a town next to it, and then you make it a <laughs> district that has a bunch of weird rules about what can and can't go on inside of it. That's true. Yeah, and then you give it its own jail, and then you give it its own <laughs> crazy uh, job requirements where people can be murdered, oh, and yeah. it's fine. It's legal. <laughs> yeah, so indentured servitude housing. Yeah. yeah. Um, to answer your question. So it looks like with the modding stuff, there's sort of two things you can do. Like, you have to think of, like, think of a piece of the game. I was just reading this. That's why I know this information now. So, all like, if you think of all of the assets in the shipping game Mm -hmm. as, like, basically almost like gray box assets. Mm -hmm. So they all have properties and behaviors and things that they add to your city and change about your city. You can do one of two things. One is you can redecorate any existing asset. So you can be like, give me what already has all the properties of middle income, like three story housing. And then I'm just going to redecorate that and then put it up as like whatever. So you could just add more middle-class houses to the game. Sure. Or you can create all new assets that right. have so their own like, properties. So like that and guy, all their the power shit. plant so example both. is a new yeah. thing, right? But he could have released it as a reskin or right. a variant, or he I could guess, have t- yeah, exactly for, right. of the existing coal power plant. But if okay. you actually go to the city skylines wikia, it has a little section on modding, and it shows you the gray box. It shows you just yep. like so how someone to just get that, going yeah. on making the exteriors of oh. every Disney theme park attraction. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, when the Springfield mod is ready, you can please email me. I'll be very. Someone pleased. is clearly yes. making every building on the Springfield map as well. Like, how yeah. is that not already being made? It is. It is for certain. <laughs> there. Um. What was I just going to say? Crap. Oh yeah. In the uh, so I haven't explored this either, but there seems to be even sort of a less ambitious version of modding than even any of those that you mentioned. Oh, right? Twin Peaks also would I be ass- welcome. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or at least yes. I assume they're to be based on like an actual in-game sort of load screen tip that I saw at one point, which says like, 
if you have a like useful configuration of roads that you, that you like, why not just save it as a prefab and then you can place it wherever you want, anytime, which was a super That's cool awesome. idea. So if you yeah. open your freeway with a cloverleaf or a roundabout yeah. or something that you yeah. like, you could just stamp <gasps> it down? Yeah. That's really awesome. So, Sean, you could make a perfect grid... And then just <laughs> finally do it. Just drop. Yeah. So I'm not oh sure what's gosh. I'm not sure what's involved in doing that. But the, the no, game, that actually makes the game you, like yeah. inside the game suggested doing that. So it oh, must be a thing that it. they yeah that they expect. Be able to sort of band select things and typical just save players it off. to yeah. be able to do. I don't know if you can do it like from the interface in the game itself, or if you have to go outside right. the game somehow. But but they claim there's a way to just do it and make things. Well, the thing that's really so. valuable about that for my the way my brain works is I don't start making something that's like a really ornate design of roads because I know I'm not going to be able to keep it up. You know, because like, oh, God, if it takes me half an hour to lay out these roads with like bends and curves the way I want them, like, oh, my whole city's just that's all my energy. The rest right. of my city's just going to devolve into chaos. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's it for me. Yeah. So being able to like not have that be wasted work. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Man, it's weird that playing games is closer to game development than it. You know what I mean? For some games. Yeah. yeah but just like a game like this, like you start thinking in the ways that you work. You know what I mean? really cool you apparently you're it's a so very cool. judicious mayor in in real life oh i am a i am an ex, i am a firm but fair mayor of vagina city good <laughs> that's the name of my city i'm really glad that's a pretty cool name I'm, for a city i'm, I'm vaginopolis <laughs> i'm troubled to ask what your districts are named i, I haven't i haven't districted yet okay. yeah i'll probably change them something to, from my theme i don't think it'll be a theme I just didn't know what to name it. I'm bad at naming. <laughs> it's tough. Naming's hard. Yeah, I name all my cities Patricia Town. Oh, are all the districts also just Patricia, 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 <laughs> Patricia, much, Patricia? Yes. <laughs> it sort of tips the scale. It tips slightly yeah. from sort of adorable to, mm, to all like, citizens are renamed you? Patricia. Right. Yes. You can individually rename <laughs> every every citizen, everything, yeah. not just every citizen, like every car, every truck, every, <laughs> like. True. Basically anything, as far as I can tell, like anything you can click on, you can rename. To the, so there was a jet plane that uh, like just soared over my town and I'm like, oh my God. And I clicked it and renamed it Cooled Plane. And then <laughs> I didn't, I like totally forgot about this. But my intention was to keep managing the city until I had airports and then just check every single and plane. And hope the cool plane would land. The, right. Oh exactly. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like being cool at, plane like, came back. at like the Seattle airport when like the virgin america beard plane landed and you're like oh finally it's the beard plane from san francisco great <laughs> awesome to see it here in this town later beard <laughs> remember the beard plane yeah. yeah i loved riding in the beard plane because i knew it wouldn't crash what does that what? mean <laughs> there's a zero chance there's zero chance we live in a universe where god crashes the beard plane it's too funny it would never happen i felt so safe in that plane <laughs> That gets a way of looking yeah, at it. I I mean, guess. Whatever helps you out, I hey, guess. <laughs> they had a Stephen Colbert named plane in their fleet. Maybe they still do. Oh, they, that they one would crash. Still do. That one. Would the Colbert crash. plane would crash. It'll just retire too soon and move on to a bigger oh. air- airline. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't retire, I guess. It's on to bigger and better. You guys want to take a break? I guess. You want to retire from this podcast and then move on to a bigger and better second half? Wow. Oh, they meant a bigger and better podcast. I mean, it's like, oh, what? That would be where, where are we going? We'll be back for We're going to season two. Giant bombcast. Oh, <laughs> right that's to questions at idlethumbs.net with your suggestions of better podcasts we could be on. <laughs> There's no better podcast than this one. That's correct.
Only more successful ones. (laughs) (laughs) Video game. This episode is brought to you by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses. They're a new sponsor, and I have been sleeping on a Casper mattress for like six weeks now, maybe eight weeks. And how do you find it? I'm 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 sticking with it. It's awesome. I'm actually really intrigued to hear this because I've had several experiences recently where sleeping on bad mattresses has actually caused me like considerable back and neck pain. For, I'm taking a night in the Casper. Are you going to stay there? Because that's my I won't preference. sleep with you in the Casper. Shit. Well, well, no, uh, yeah, well wait, if it helps. You can cuddle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have latex foam and memory foam. You have a risk-free trial and return policy. You can sleep on it for 100 days. I'm probably coming up on my 100 days. Um with uh, free delivery and painless returns. You, when you get this mattress, sorry, I have to talk about this. This is a little longer ad, but they're a new sponsor, so we can get into it for a second. When you get this fucking thing, <laughs> it comes in a box that's like way smaller than what a mattress is. Like if I was like, Danielle, sleep inside this box, you would say <laughs> no, because it's too small. That's because it's just like rolled up, Yeah, right? the way they package them is hyper-efficient and uh, you dump it out, and then it comes with a little, like, letter opener, and you just go, Shit, and it just goes, bloop, 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 and just fills the, it becomes a full mattress it's that you magic. can instantly sleep on. Uh, it, they're $500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king. The queen is obviously somewhere in between there. And, like, that's shockingly reasonable for a mattress. Yeah, that's really And it's good. really high quality. Like, I really enjoy sleeping on it. So you can go to casper.com slash thumbs. And get $50 toward any mattress purchase. Thanks, Casper, for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks, Casper. Thank Come sleep on my Casper, Chris. I will. Video game. Come sleep on my Casper. Possibly <laughs> should be their tagline. <laughs> that one's for yes. free. Hey, Chris. Hey, Sean. 90%. I don't know what that means. That's the percent of your life that you're in your underwear. <laughs> How do you know? I'm reading it from the fine folks at MeUndies who are sponsoring this How podcast. How do you know that no, about no, MeUndies? Me? Oh, the average person. Sorry. What yeah. if he's a Let's... never nude? Because I am like, I am a 78 percenter or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's very contextual for me. Yeah. Really? What con- un- un- What are these contexts? I mean, it depends. When you're how- sleeping in my mattress, one. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> I just mean, like, it changes year to year based on, like, how many roommates I'm living with. That makes sense. Okay, sure. Yeah. So when you're alone, and, like, the underpants oh, yeah. are just off, it's oh, 50%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But for that 50 to 90% of your life, <laughs> you probably are going to have underpants on. Yeah. Anyway, should you should wear Do you have a point to make about they, this? Yeah, I do. Wanna... <laughs> they should be good and comfortable. And, uh... The MeUndies I mean, I ones agree. are. I am wearing them currently. Oh, right wait. Now. MeUndies is what this is about. Yeah, I said MeUndies twice. Did you? MeUndies. I don't know. Three times. Four times? MeUndies. So <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what MeUndies is. Is it like a website where you can buy various types of undergarments? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. You can wear as much of the day as you want. <laughs> you can put them on They're, your cat's head. You can, absolutely. That would be adorable. Absolutely. My cat's a very tiny head, though. So anyway, these, you find these good for actually. I am wearing. wearing my left leg in one hole and my right leg in the other hole and my booty in the back, and they're very comfortable. <laughs> these ones are gray. I have some seafoam green ones. And so you're, I have, you're keeping it subtle. No, I have the fucking crazy patterns. I just happen to be wearing the gray ones. These are my business pants. Underpants. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You'll notice I'm not wearing any pants. 
Uh, and they have uh, men's and women's styles. You can get t-shirts and basics there as well. I also bought some MeUndies uh, socks. I got some polka dot red socks that are really nice and comfortable. Me socks. I got me socks. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's a good deal on that underpants. Deal. Thanks, yeah. MeUndies. Yeah. Think Thanks about how undies. comfortably you could sleep if you're a person who sleeps in underpants with these two sponsors we've had. I will do both of those things. Guaranteed. Depends on how hot it is. Might just be doing one. Oh. <laughs> You'll be levitating in your room wearing underpants. I'll be sleeping on the floor. Video game. Mr. Sandman. Like what? Well, you were doing a Zelda thing, right? No, I oh. was doing... No, he was just booping. I was just booping. <laughs> it was a generic I boop. thought you were doing the, like, when you opened the big chest. Oh, that's... Mr. Sandman. You know, the best version of that is from the Golden Girls. Is there a different version on the Golden Girls? Well, no, they just they do an acapella. Oh, I used to watch that show as a kid because my grandmother watched it. Me too. When we'd go to her house... Yeah, I would be at my grandma's house. She would scratch my back, and we would watch Golden Girls. Yeah. Like as a young child, these are like my happiest memories. <laughs> she would really scratch great. my back, and I would scratch hers. By which I mean, I would watch Golden Girls <laughs> while she <laughs> scratched my back. While she scratched my back, it was a great arrangement. <sighs> yeah, I remember just wanting to watch the Cartoon Express, but instead watching Perry Mason. What is the Cartoon Express? <laughs> that was when all the like uh, USA would play a bunch of old uh, Hanna uh, cartoons in the morning. Oh yeah. You watch Quick Draw McGraw or whatever. Elkabong. Yep. But instead, what you'd actually watch is a VHS cassette containing a lot of Perry Mason. <laughs> i never seen Perry Mason. I remember watching a lot of Wings. I watched oh, a ton yep. of Wings. Yep. Chris, you'd probably like Perry Mason. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. That, that was a... I don't know, old guy being sassy. He's got a winery. <laughs> His family has a winery. You know what I liked, speaking of that, was Matlock. Matlock's, oh, like, yeah. Matlock's like the sassiness scale is, is way higher. Because <laughs> the, the opening theme to Matlock is I one know. Of the fucking greats. Classic like, rendition of Mr. Grits. Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Speaking of good things Do you actually from talk the about, 80s. Do you actually want to talk about that video game experience? I can definitely talk about the video game well, I mean, experience I had. Oh, VGX, the v- new Spike VGX Awards show. Experience. Well, I just didn't know. It sounded like it was a personal. It was a. Uh, I personal... think it's fine to talk about. Probably. Most likely. So you're doing drugs. <laughs> I I I'm this not rated much. M section. This is the rated M yes. section, kids. Rated, First rated off, M. there are probably are teens who do this. Who do listen to this podcast? Don't wait. Do there drugs. are teens that smoke marijuana and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Don't drink and drive or smoke and drive, kids. Just that's your PSA. But you can drink, smoke, and drive. Those three things are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Is also, you're drinking it's diet okay to Pepsi. drink water. It's we okay to drink yes. water. I need to make it very Pepsi's clear. Pepsi's okay. <laughs> it was, it was, so you're doing the do. Yes, it was doing the do. I do, okay. I'm a very I'm a pretty straight edge person. I don't even really drink anymore at this point in life. Like I, I'm super into exercise. Whatever. Ecstasy. However, no, no, not ecstasy. <laughs> I made eye contact on X, and I was like, "Whoa!" But the other night, I decided at the ripe old age of thirty-one, I would, I would get high and I would play video games. What video game? I played Far Cry Four, oh, and it no. was the best experience yeah. ever. It was, it was wonderful. I mean, I've been playing that game in like, Far Cry Three. Non-stop. Don't they? 
like simulate being high in the game sometimes. They might. I didn't play right. three. Am I making that up? Wait, is getting the... high the malaria of Far Cry three? There's no way that that. No, is I the thought case. you there's like I thought there's like a there's cave a mushroom. with mushrooms, mushrooms or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's it. Like I just didn't play three. Yeah. Four, well, but they don't four do that is a better game anyway, okay. and is great. And I've been playing it obsessively. But playing it while high was just the <clears> best experience. Yeah. It was just, why? Okay, so the reason why I like the game because I just I would be not. I would. That would freak out. I understand. I understand that. Well, it's it's like a really pretty chaos simulator. I mean, from what I understand from previous Thumbs episodes from before my time, BD, you know, the BD era. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, you had BD Wong on the show. BD Wong was in the fourth chair. (laughs) Yeah, he's always sitting next to me, right? That's normal. One of the most annoying... (laughs) I ride with BD. one One of the things I do to annoy my fiance more than almost anything else is to get when totally I, high and what, what, right <laughs> sorry Sarah just like moved to the edge of her chair right when yeah, he said that and goes like, okay whenever, whenever <laughs> either right? like the concept of blu-ray comes up for any reason or the concept of bd wong comes up for any reason <laughs> i engage on a just like remorseless pun tear involving bd rom and bd wong <laughs> like it it's a it's a thing that now can never leave my God, brain. That's because Blu-ray discs God. are abbreviated yes. as BD-ROM. BD-ROM. Like, that's oh. the official thing. Yeah, it's too bad the GCN isn't a BD-ROM compatible game console. <laughs> oh my God! You're gonna be a great dad, Chris. You're just gonna you're gonna so yes, BD-ROM. You you're gonna say to like a four year old, and it's just gonna <laughs> they'll find it hilarious. They'll just be delighted because yeah. it's like because you're saying BD-ROM, which is just a weird blah, blah, right. Well, it's like how you can tell it. Say terrible things to a dog, but if you do it excitedly with a happy face, they're still super stoked about it. Wow, you're gonna ruin yeah, your Yeah, never child. mind. I totally revoked my previous statement. <laughs> you fucking psychopath. <laughs> Who's saying. a little motherfucker? <laughs> Who's a little shit eater? Yeah, I don't know the difference. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of. It's kind of true. I don't know. They can. They, Some stuff sticks animal, when it's a human. Animal. They turn into full adult. Eventually, humans. it will. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't stick with a dog. No, usually not. Unless when, there's when I was, a, I, I remember when I was a kid, when I was like, I don't know, se- seven maybe. My my younger, one of my younger cousins had it in his head that like, I guess just because of just overhearing things in the wrong way, he had yes and no reversed. Like just for whatever reason, this was a thing because oh, no. you know kids don't know anything. Like so he, <laughs> this kid literally knew nothing. No, but I mean like he was he knew. I read a Wikipedia things. article yeah. about a pigeon that knew he more knew than the this opposite. Kid, no, but I mean like for his age, his language skills were otherwise like completely appropriate. We're talking about like a one and a half year old here. I, I, were I they, Chris? I I just, no. <laughs> I said otherwise. <laughs> I know. I was making a joke about that kid he, he getting his yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but I remember. But I remember huh? like, because I was also a child and just like an asshole in the way that all children kind of are. I remember trying to enforce not that. all children. Chris. I remember trying to enforce that in him because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so like I, I like when his parents weren't around, I like tried to reinforce that behavior and i remember his aunt like his or my aunt his mom walked in I remember his one, aunt, my mother w- walked in <laughs> one time and saw me doing this and was really not happy about it and i've uh tried to like play it like act like i was you know like the way kids instantly try and like bullshit oh no no i was yeah. trying to like tell him the right way to do it uh, ha, ha, ha. but but i would still kept like sneaking in <laughs> You're making like a Rasputin-like hand gesture when you talk about like the way you would just 
bend this child's mind. What was Rasputin's hand? Just the way you were sort of like it was a puppetry to it. <laughs> like yes, pull the string. Puppet, I didn't puppet like puppet strings. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's really great. So you got so you got high. You got high as I fuck and played Far Cry Four. And I played Far Cry Four, and it was so much fun. It was just so much fun. That game lends itself so perfectly to being high. It's just bright and colorful and pretty, and it's just a giant chaos simulator where a honey badger will try to kill an elephant, which will cause, you know, six army trucks to fall off the side of a mountain, and just ridiculous shit is always happening. So So it's perfect. You've discovered the the secret to Ubisoft's annual sequels, which has been hiding in plain sight all along, which is (laughs) get stoned and play video games. I think that's what it is. Did you find that it was like... Did you die a lot? Or no, I no? was I was better than I've ever been at that game. Oh, I was okay. I headshotted an eagle. <laughs> or, did you I, actually? Yeah, I, I really did. I on purpose, an eagle was coming at me, and I had I had an arrow, and I headshot. Whoa, an that's eagle. even more intense. I know it was amazing. Because that's actually because that, that, ex- <laughs> yeah, that eagle was, was also high as fuck. So. Yeah, that eagle was, uh, that eagle was just uh, the, the, exper- the experience of it's appropriate. I feel that you shot an eagle with an arrow in the head in a video game because that is actually really just what would happen in the actual world of a Seth Rogen stoner comedy. Yes. Oh, right. You would just like inadvertently shoot an an eagle in the head with an arrow. But then that's like becomes a paranoia spiral that results in the entire (laughs) second and third act or like the third act of the movie. Right. Exactly. Yes. That's that's off some. All second act complications are exacerbated by headshotting an eagle with an arrow while like trying to animatedly make a point about something else. probably like the like one remaining eagle of its species owned by the rich uncle whose mansion he's caretaking for the weekend or something and and they have a hot this is daughter. the Far Cry 4 movie yes 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 that's all it needs this is to it. be okay if Uwe Ball makes the first Far Cry movie fucking Far Cry 4 movie can be uh Rogan's masterpiece yeah Seth yes. Rogan festival yes. Judd Apatow whatever it would be it sounds like blank check with like a rocket launcher just that's the pitch it's blank check with a rocket launcher that's what it is that's what the game is pretty much I hunted a lot the, of animals. Really I remember. Fun. I remember one time when I was a kid. Blank check was <laughs> a lot, on TV. A lot of kid stories from all Chris Remo today. <laughs> That's just what comes up. I remember this. the time when I watched Blank Check and manipulated a childhood friend of mine <laughs> into writing a blank check <laughs> that says. <laughs> It says Far Cry that says, 4. Yes, you can use this instead of no, you can't use this. That's exactly what it was. I just remember that it was on television. <laughs> Sorry, that's amazing. That, uh, yeah. Write on this check that I can't use it. So write, yes, Chris Rambo can cash this check. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> My mom just walked into the room as the movie was ending. I don't even really remember like specifically what the ending scene of that movie is, but it's a typical like thing where it ends in a heartwarming way that's supposed to be uplifting. And I just remember my mom walked in as that was happening and said, wow, this looks like it was a really good movie. <laughs> and just like a completely sincere mom way. And then she like left. And that was her entire basis for judge, which I guess is the exact reason you put that in. It's just like the fool that you put in an emotionally manipulative ending just to fool people into thinking that the movie entirely is actually like a heartwarming. Maybe your mom is stoned. <laughs> that's what it Maybe was. Your mom got done playing Far Cry. That's what it was. She just fucking no scoped an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> needed, needed something pleasant. To that's what it was. Help that was come a very down, pleasant come down easy. experience. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, good. So after that experience, you decided it was time to play Hotline Miami. 2. Yes, you needed to come down with Hotline Miami. Yes, 2. well, I played Hotline Miami two uh, on a stream with my girlfriend the other day, 
at uh, twitch.tv slash idle thumbs slash actually this one was uh, at um, shh, shh. Uh, the other one uh that i stream at sometimes. on the bad stream on the <laughs> alt you the others on your alt you yeah know. it's technically her stream so i guess it's okay right that's fine that's fine yeah that's fine yeah, yeah. Your life is your life. Yeah, you know. I stream, uh, I swing both ways on streams. It's cool. It's cool. That's fine. It's no yeah, problem. We're not jealous. Anyway, Hotline Miami 2 is, uh, it starts, uh, I guess this is where I put in another little PSA from your auntie Danielle. There's a little content warning. It starts off with uh, a prompt asking you if you would like to see a scene that has uh, the suggestion of a sexual assault. Or if you would like to skip that scene. That's because that, that scene was in early demos and everyone lost exactly. their shit because it was gross. Exactly. That's precisely what Look it how is. how far we've come. That is There's not as a warning. So this is, this is like the... Um, it's like no Russian. It's like the no Russian yeah. of... of yeah. it's, uh, Do you want to uh, see this? Or are you a pussy? That's what basically, it said. That's <laughs> yeah. basically what the game is saying to you. Yeah, that's cool. like the first thing you see in this game. And it's like... Okay, and you know we were streaming, and in our stream we try to make it, you know, as with the Idle Thumbs stream, a safe space. We like, you know, told everybody like this is we're gonna watch the X-rated version or whatever if that makes people uncomfortable. Just so you know, um, I mean it's it's weird. It's like a gross thing that happens for a second, but it's gross and kind of unnecessary. And then the game starts, and then it's it basically starts from the from a difficulty standpoint where Hotline Miami one. Left, left off. Crazy. It is wow. ridiculously. So this difficult. is I. This is yeah. what I would assume this game to be. But I don't actually know anything about Hotline Miami Two. I didn't realize it was coming out until I guess it was already out. I assume it's just more Hotline. It's Miami, Hotline Miami right? Part Two. Yeah. Like, are there? Is there a, in the moment to moment of playing this? Is there anything notably different? Like, I'm. I imagine there's like structural differences to how it works. But like, just when you're kicking down doors and shooting guys, is it effectively the same? Like. More yeah. more weapons, different early weapons, on, cool guys. Early on, bigger, better, it feels badass. very... Yes, exactly. Bigger, better, more badass. I mean, the storyline is more ambitious. It, it's sort of mean? like a... Uh, there are multiple protagonists. It takes uh, place at different times, things like that. I, sure, I think the yeah. first scene takes place in 1991. So it's like, well, in the 90s that? as opposed to as the opposed, 80s. Okay. Uh, I, f- I think the first one took place in what? 80? I can't remember. Five or something. I don't even remember. Exactly I remember it opened it in a... Uh, a transit station in Miami that was the transit station I would take every single day oh, yeah, while I was I spending that. time in Miami yeah. oh. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I That's thought this was funny. like, so, yeah. I thought it was like such a big deal. I was like, oh my God, I literally walked to that station every day. And then I met the developers at like one of those things that you meet developers at. Yeah. And I was like, guys. Guys, that station, and they're like, we just looked at the map. <laughs> it means nothing. It is nothing. Oh, oh, it's you go. Okay, and I was like, all right, and we spoke never again. <laughs> I love those exchanges. Yeah, I was really excited, and then mm. it's like, oh, sorry, it's random. No, it's cool. Miami too. I'm so bad at this game. It's not even funny. Like, it's pretty much Patricia was mostly playing it, and when she got frustrated, gave me the controller to like play a bit and then mm. i would make you know get nowhere and she would take the controller back basically <laughs> it's kind of like gaming with your child uh <laughs> gaming with danielle sometimes um because i didn't Playing play Hall much of the Miami first two one with my stone child danielle. <laughs> 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 i'm a lot of fun at parties um no i mean it's it's fun it's a crazy you know action puzzle game basically yeah um and it's 
quite good so far from what I can tell. I'm just so bad at it that I'm actually really just making no progress. Right. Uh, and enjoying that so much as I can, but... I mean, I know it's a trite thing to say, but I assume this to be the absolute, just like classic example of like if you liked the first one and you want more of the it thing, seems like pretty play much the thing. it yeah. seems like just even everything that's written about it, it's effectively hotline miami one part two yeah, yeah absolutely like, so yeah. which is if, if you I guess f- this is just how i am with a lot of sequels but it's really hard for me to get excited about that like i played the first one and, and like liked it well enough but it's just impossible but like so much of my perception of that game was that it kind of came out of nowhere and was this crazy abrasive thing and playing it felt kind of fucked up and then um and then there's also just a video game in the way in sort of the mundane way of like well then you just end up getting learning it and it becomes kind of just what it is instead of being shocking anymore um you just it was get, a fun game to get good at though yes yeah. that, that is that is that is very true i just mean on the sort of shock aspect of mm-hmm. it by the time you're done with that game it's it's sort of like video there's this people talk a lot about um getting desensitized to violence broadly through violent media including video games. But video games do a thing where they sort of specifically desensitize you every like on an individual basis mm-hmm. within like, the context of a Hotline specific Miami's game. assets effectively just become the matrix or something exactly. by the end of it where you're right. just like looking at representative code right. for right. Exactly. successful so, right. enemy d- deletion instead of like gross right. Right. blood. And then yeah. and then so then when <laughs> I, it's like oh Hotline Miami 2 is out. It's basically more Hotline Miami except they put a weirdly skippable sexual assault scene at the beginning. I'm like right. Right. okay yeah. I'm probably not going to buy this. Like <laughs> it's just most likely I'm not going to spend yeah, my money like on this. Yeah. It's just like a, a map pack if, if from a mechanical standpoint. Although, I mean, there are people who are really into like the sort of twisty story and weird sort of shadowy yeah. stuff going on behind the scenes in Hotline Miami. And I'm sure for that sort of person, this game is is what you desire the most. Yeah, I could. I would say that. I, Was I there anything sort of subversive in its design? That was Bobby taking something out. If you heard that, readers. Um, <laughs> uh I think Hotline- is there any not and so I mean not uh, not in context of like other games but in context of itself like the thing that I liked about Hotline Miami one was just oh you go to like you go to like the video store and you walk in and it's sort of there were these like the walk mechanic was the same walk mechanic but you would just go do like thirty seconds of mundanity and then it would to yeah. move the story forward I always liked that I liked the that mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was smart in context of itself but is there anything that's like oh we're now turning this expectation on its head inside of its own game i mean a tiny bit i I mean i feel like you're already primed to expect the twists to happen at some point i mean there's a a narrative twist i kind of mean like structurally or like is there anything where like oh like this level just is actually huge and never stops or something i I mean i've 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 only played a bit again because i suck so much i mean there is a point where you're like delivering a pizza to a bunch of gang boss dudes that you have to to kill so you, you have, have to, to come feed. in all you quiet and that's it's all make sure that they, everybody, yes. everybody gets oh, right. so there's the pizza a stealth they section <laughs> yeah. is that what you're saying stealth you have to come pizza. in all quiet oh, they know you're the pizza boy you can, they I can suspect if this up. game has a story structure that jumps backwards and forwards through time <laughs> non-linearly uh-huh. and is Hotline Miami they've gotta there's gotta be the re- I mean the reason that you do that right is so you can retread familiar ground at different times and stuff and i'm it seems like they i don't know paul and mammy one is so clean well it's kind of dirty from a <laughs> from the way it's built standpoint right. it is really clean yeah. like because when you're inside the actual levels murdering people 
it feels just like a sweaty, disgusting mess. But then, like you said, those same, all the same art and the same music and the same mechanics applying to the guy's life just makes his life feel just filthy and Grimy. and just like yeah. unclean. Yeah. Like it just it feels you're just like leaving you, your apartment with the same like flick of the stick. Yeah, you to go you feel the like you've never taken the shower to get the dirt right. of the last week yes. off of your body. You're yeah. saying this? Yes, you're saying. It's a very clean design that evokes complete filth. Yeah, but like yeah, it does I, it I know by, like saying, you said, yes. just having you walk to the convenience store or like just right. get out of bed and pick up the phone. But yeah. like there's it no... Impl- it implicates all of the... It implicates all of the nonviolent things in all of the same aesthetic trappings of the t- terribly violent things. Yeah, whereas like, I mean, another game that has the cycle of sort of a person's shitty life that came out around this, like in the same time in my brain is Cart Life. Mm-hmm. And that game... You never really feel like your guy gets 100% clean, but it feels like he's trying. And it, right. like even, you play, it's like, the, even yeah. like the end of level screens mm-hmm. is like the guy just in like shower, leaning yeah. in the shower. That game is constant bummed. striving. That's what that game is. Yeah. Whereas, which is great. I mean, like that's an amazing thing. And I feel like that game was enormously Whereas successful. Whereas Hotline Miami is like this laser focus wall- of this one thing while everything, everything else just falls yeah. away. Your character yeah. wallows and filth throughout regardless of what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Hotline Miami 2, it feels like from what you're saying, Danielle, that like that laser focus is not what the story is about. And it's instead about sort of the, all the, the bigger stuff that was being hinted at inside of the first game. Yeah. So far as I can tell, because <clears throat> the end of hotline Miami sort of is a little bit of a like blowout of like, Oh, what you thought was going on was it's like actually... a monkey Island two ending kind of thing. Yeah. Really? It's like, well, I mean, just in terms of like, I don't know. What you, you thought was happening is not yeah. happening, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of yeah. pointing to a larger structure behind it without actually right. like delving then, into it yet. Yeah. yeah. It's like Mulholland Drive. God, that movie. But that movie never acts as though there isn't a totally crazy yeah. thing happening. <laughs> yeah. I, <know. laughs> I watched Mulholland Drive in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. Whoa. Ugh. There's something to be said for being wide awake when watching Mahal. You know what I mean? Drive. It was, yeah. I actually, it was in what? LA and the sun was coming in. Oh, and I was wow. watching with this kid. Oh, out oh, that's exactly when you should. I know, I know, no, no, I know. But the whole feeling of that movie crept so deep inside me that I have never gotten rid of it. You know what's yeah. actually You've when you never say that? You know, that makes me, <laughs> you know what that makes me think of? Just because of like when, like I, as a kid, I wasn't really. I got so many things that, that I'm talking about being the, a kid. The today. childhood. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's already been commented on. But but like I. When I was allowed to watch TV as a kid, it was in the evenings. I wasn't ever allowed to watch TV during the day, except when I was at my my one specific grandmother's house uh, where there was literally nothing to do. So my brother and I would just sit around watching TV all day long while the you know the parents and grandparents just did whatever they did, you know, adult things. And like we would just sit, we just watch TV all day long, and it felt like I would want to do it because I was a kid and I liked to watch cartoons on the television, but it also just felt gross because to me, TV was not a thing you did while it was still sunny out. This is like the childhood like, yeah. version of drinking during the day, but, yeah, like, not, but not better. when it's summer and yeah. you're in the park. Nothing yeah. Better. yeah. Yeah. But like, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, nothing better, but when you know how to appreciate it, you know what I mean? Like, Always. <laughs> but you yeah. know what I mean? Like the Born sensation of just like, cause you know, cause like, there is obviously something that is a bummer about just like drinking your life away, but like, oh, sure. but like drinking during the day, like in the right circumstance is great. And like, but you know, just being a kid when there's nothing else to do right. and you're just absorbing the well, television. Well, you have no because, choice. 
You're just doing the thing. Right. But you also want to keep doing it because you have no ability to, like, restrain yourself because, again, you're just a shitty kid. Well, there's always, certain, like, there are certain games that feel kid. like that to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, when you're yeah. just doing a thing where you know you're not even getting that much enjoyment out of it. You're doing something <clears throat> just because, yeah. oh, I feel like I should be doing this. I feel like I should be having fun doing this, so I'm going to keep playing this. Like I'm not going to turn the cartoons off. Well, yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's also, not you're, you're not watching it because you like it and you appreciate it you're watching it in those terms or playing that game because you are compelled to it's and because you can yes. right it's an indulgent mm-hmm. compulsion and then right. you have and so weird something, indulgence right. guilt and so there's something yeah. kind of salacious about it almost and when you like well, talk about a, yeah not in a sexual way no 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 no, no. i just like, mean that's a construct like yeah. i'm sure well, for some course, kids no, no, yeah. of course it is yeah. of course it is but i'm just saying when you talked about watching um Mulholland drive like that movie has just kind of a salacious tint to it. And right. like you describing that and that being sort of a weird environment, like environment to watch that movie makes me feel like, man, that's totally when you should watch that movie. Because oh, it was just, the perfect You're scenario. just like sinking into that. Yeah. <laughs> like gross. It sensation. was hot. The sun yeah. was coming through like slatted so blinds in an yeah. apartment that I paid $450 a month for oh my God. in downtown LA. Oh my, God. oh my God. This is like when I, I actually watched Twin Peaks yeah. in a cabin in the woods in um, Tahoe, in Lake Tahoe, mm-hmm. like this summer. And that was a really wonderful That's pretty experience, good. Yeah. too. It was like I a bet. goofy cabin that had all, like, weird Nordic uh, paraphernalia from the 40s. And yeah. Your apartment, things. though, probably had, like, a so like strange when- dwarf on an old-timey telephone living in your walls. <laughs> <laughs> there was just, like, uh, a hairy murder man living in a <laughs> dumpster behind the Denny's across the street from my shitty apartment. A hairy murder hairy man? Murder this Harry Murderman. You know what I'm talking about, though, where they yeah. go into the fucking back and the guy and he gives them the film. Oh, he just Jesus. faints and it's really Does disturbing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Harry Murderman is also just like <laughs> who the kids are terrified of and the adults are like, it's just a guy, he just doesn't have, the like, clothes aren't that nice. You gotta be nice you to him, though. gotta be nice he's to him. He's had a hard age. go. He just What's what, he's just the snow shovel guy from Home Alone? I was Alone? gonna say that, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Never found the body. Except bodies. his name is Harry Murderman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it's time for reader mail, unless you were going to say something. No, I was no. just going to say the eyes turn the bodies into mummies. We should do reader mail. All right. We really should. <clears throat> I can quote that whole movie. <clears throat> My sister and I do a whole, a whole like, two-woman show of quoting that entire movie. Of Home of Alone? Home Alone. Mm. Duncan Henry writes, my dad only plays one video game. Dota. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thumbs, I was just listening to your segment about people who have only one video game in their Gary's lives. Gary's mod. And, the, <laughs> and that immediately Arma. reminded me of my dad and his somewhat obtuse taste in gaming. I've always been simultaneously confused and entertained by his reactionary nature towards video games, and I thought you fine folks would be as well. He's a huge fan of the game Age of Wonders Shadow Magic. What? An old, an old turn-based strategy game where you play as a wizard and command an army of a mix of fantasy races to fight other wizards in the highest fantasy of settings. <laughs> He's been playing this game since I introduced it to him in 2006. The game was released in 2003. Even though the game has had, in my opinion, a much better sequel since then, he refuses to move on and try it out. When I've responded, when I've questioned him about this, he's responded with something along the lines of, I just can't see how they could improve the current formula. <laughs> or, the balance of this game is perfect already. Why would I want to go to a game that doesn't have that? I've tried to get him into good games of a similar genre, like Civ or Crusader Kings 2, and tried to get him into other classic strategy games like Master of Orion 2 or Heroes of Might and Magic 3. 
The only other game he has played before this was Bandit Kings of Ancient China. <laughs> <laughs> but even that got edged out when Age of Wonders was introduced. Keep up the good work with the podcast. It's been great to listen to whenever I get knee deep in different equations, Duncan. Oh, differential that's, equations. That's beautiful. Different di- differential equations. I mean, my dad is even, well, my dad is, I don't think ever played a video game, but he has the same feeling about novels. He feels that ever since Moby Dick was written, that no American should ever even try to write a novel wow. ever again. Does he, just he read feels that like again it's and been again perfect. and again because video games. You so can, Moby Dick is like, his Age of Wonders, whatever. <laughs> Basically, whatever. yes. Because I mean, like the developers of this game, surely, even if they didn't intend someone to still be playing the first one now, they definitely intended for people generally to play it a bunch of times. Sure. I don't know if Herman Melville expected people to like. It's like after just I read double this, hang it up. Keep reading. <laughs> No, I mean he'll read nonfiction voraciously, but in terms but of fiction, he feels like dip, that's it. He feels like it's been nailed. Yeah, wow. all right. well, they can no, nobody can improve on that. So. Yeah, all right. So he wasn't into Moby Dick two, even though you tried to push it on him. Yeah, he just <laughs> wasn't having it. The whale is so much it's really bigger. Just Moby Dick one part two. Moby Dick one two. Yeah. I don't see how there could ever be a bigger, whiter whale than this. Why would they even try? <laughs> I don't see what what could be crazier than Ahab losing one leg. <laughs> Ahab just he's just a harpoon from now on. He's just a harpoon that runs around somehow on no legs. Anyway. What could ever be a better possible metaphor for unchecked hubris and ambition? Uh what was I gonna say about the uh A bandit oh, king. The best thing <laughs> The best thing about about the whole like category i guess of people who just play one video game is that because they only play one video game they have no connection at all to like nor should they to because what difference does it make to video game like the critical apparatus or the discussion Mm. around them or like what video games are considered good or not so like it really those people are generally speaking no more likely to settle on a great game than they are a game that no one cares about because they have no conception of like which has been received in which As long way. as its core functions, like... Like, work for work. them. Yeah. 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 It saves, it turns on, it turns off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like, those people generally are just like, oh, I don't play video games, I play Snood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, know? right. Because yeah. I Snood. Remember when Snood was a phenomenon? <gasps> yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the absolute Remember how disgusting what of, a fucking piece of, of shit yeah, Snood is? That's yep. genre with so but like, many... Man, I like, have friends who like had Snood shirts. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? You yeah. paid money to have yeah. that gross You're playing, Snood? It, like, it's great to love that formula. It's a great game design. But like, of all the ones you could be playing, you're playing Snood. Yep. Yep. Oh, of all the ones, snood. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're a snood snob? I played. Uh, I'm a fucking snood snob. I ran into I ran into an arcade machine recently, just like in an apartment building that just has one of those like Strange that it's a, no it's phrasing. One, it's like no, it's one of those like very hip like trying to appeal to the kids thing. So they put like a pinball machine and, and like, like a, a main snood cabinet. cabinet. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. It was you got not, my hopes up. It was not so a snood. Give me the it's... address for this snood cabinet. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I gotta go run uh, into it. Oh, hi, snood cabinet. Didn't expect you to see you here. Snood. I am snood. <laughs> it was a puzzle bobble rom. Oh. But I played an entire, right. you know, like, yeah. round, round of it. And it was really fun. A puzzle bobble rom is just as annoying to say as snood. <laughs> Well, I don't know what it. I don't know if it was licensed or not. I just know that it was on. Oh, a PB ROM. Excellent. God, speaking of speaking of playing an older game, that was delicious. We'll I was cleaning out my PB like, ROM. 
I was cleaning out my apartment recently and I came upon my Game Boy Advance SP. Like, the, remember the clamshell? Yes. Yeah. Like really nicely designed, very clean uh, little portable console. And my copy of Link's Awakening for Game Boy. Oh, good. And I'm like, oh, man, we've been talking so much. Like, Link's Awakening has been the subject of reader mail for like three weeks now. I'm like, oh, man, I'm totally going to play this. And I put it in and start playing it. And it was such a bummer because I can't, I just cannot deal with how fucking long it takes for every single letter to like type yeah. on and beep every single time <laughs> any text comes on the screen, it takes forever. Like if you accident, if you go look at a tree and your character says like eight screens worth about this tree, that, <laughs> the, you know, that takes 30 seconds to get past and you accidentally hit the A button again, you have to go through the entire thing all over again. <sighs> It is true. It's a bummer. There's not I a want... fill all text button on like, the B button secretly. I can't find one. I pressed. I mean, there aren't that many buttons on this thing, and I tried them all. And it's a bummer because I I'm, I was really excited about. it. I'm like, oh man, everyone's talking about you know what a great experiences they had with Link's Awakening. Like this would be a really. F- I never go back and play old games like this. Very rarely, anyway. You could probably play a ROM and speed it up. Probably so. Yeah. But it was so you cool what, to find the actual like, artifact. You know, gotta, like it was such a cool thing. Just to, like, yeah, like, like let it happen. And it works great. Like it, the, the, this is the Chris. Actual... Chris won't just. I've been trying to do that way more lately. I went to the on our week off. Yeah. I had to, I went to the DMV because I lost my uh, my re- registration for my yeah. bike. And uh, I you know I went there with the attitude you go to DMV with. Yeah. And I was going, and uh, my friend she says, you know. I love the DMV because it's just like apps. The only thing you can do there is experience the DMV. Like even if you're on your phone, if you're reading a book, it's still so happening to you (laughs) that at one point you just have to get really good at going Mm -hmm. to the DMV. Yeah. Like you have to like just find solace there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I love going because I've, I've figured it out. I'm actually so totally... now I've just decided that hard things are like stre- like when I feel myself holding that body anxiety of like oh I just want this to go faster I want this to be over I've been using it for a week now. You go to your DMV. You just gotta go to the DMV. Can no, you no, just no. fucking go okay. to the DMV Here's on this for like five seconds? I am totally yeah. on board with that. I am 100 percent on board with that. I know exactly what you mean, especially in particular with the DMV. Like that kind of experience, absolutely. You should go play this but game feel... in the DMV that's right by your house. <laughs> it just feels different to me when it's a like volitional entertainment product it doesn't feel the same it's hard for me yeah. to get into that space with i that. guess because i'm like the, i wouldn't be playing this if i didn't Man, want the it amount to just... of like look at text has to drop off after the first take half i'm sure it does game. but it's like any time any text of any reason for any purpose comes on it just it's just a bummer of an old decision that someone made you know that's just like at the time it's what you did you yeah. know in the games of that of that type and now it just feels kind of silly it just doesn't seem necessary at all i uh, saw a woman throw her wig at another woman in anger <laughs> at the DMV or just at the DMV what did the, woman, what did the woman on the receiving end do she was startled yeah, yeah. did she know it was did coming did she wear or? the wig did she pick it up and put it on <laughs> no the or woman... did she know something was coming because of the mood there was a lot of tension in the air right. the DMV. there was more anger in the DMV last Wednesday than I've ever seen in a public space yeah. ever Yeah. I saw I swear to you I saw two signs that said it is a federal crime to threaten DMV employees, mm-hmm. punishable of like up, five up, years up to ten months in prison and ten thousand yeah. dollars. Fine. It's not two signs. I heard three DMV employees get their lives threatened. 
<laughs> three. I am going to fucking kill you. They needed one more spine. <laughs> I know. It was like, I mean, I, like, when the third one happened, I was literally just like well, looking could, left and right, being like, guys, guys, guys. Like, look at this the is sign. the thing, though. They wouldn't put the signs up if, right. if like, it weren't a serious <laughs> yeah, problem. Yes. Yeah. It was. They wouldn't pass whatever law is necessary to allow that sign to exist, then put all the signs up. Right. Unless, oh you know, it was warranted. Okay, I've looked up some information from a uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening speedrunner. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, as many of the tricks that I used in this run will generate a lot of questions, I think it's best that I start off with the most commonly asked ones. The main attention grabber, as I see it, is my liberal use of the Start Select AB screen, hereafter christened SSAB, despite never actually saving. It's actually a hugely powerful text skip tool for skipping what hitting B oh. won't skip. <clears throat> hitting SSAB at certain times skips lots of the text screens that come up, namely those that spontaneously generate out of thin air. Chests, stuff, bosses say, whatnot. You can also skip conversations you initiate, and if you jam A when the save quit goes down, you can also automatically answer yes to any questions they may ask without ever seeing the text. All right, well, you know there what? You yeah, I'm actually going to follow that up with the reader mail from Anthony Fernandez. <gasps> Saying, don't skip the text. <laughs> <laughs> Who writes, hey, Thumbs, over the past few episodes, I've heard these stories from other listeners about their Link's Awakening misadventures, and it reminded me of my own odd experience with that game. Back in the summer of 94, when my mother was pregnant with my little sister, little 11-year-old me spent a lot of time riding around in the car and sitting in waiting rooms while she did her various prenatal doctor visits. During this time, I was constantly glued to my Game Boy playing Link's Awakening. My experience with the game was probably a bit different than most. As you know, Link leaves one screen in the game, say from the right side. He arrives on the next side on the left edge of the room. Well, I somehow discovered that if you press the select button or maybe the start button, I don't remember, as it was transitioning rooms, I would remain in the same relative position I was in when leaving the previous room. So I left from the right edge of the previous room. I would arrive in the next room still on the right edge. This allowed me to circumvent or totally break most of the systems and content of the game. Nice. And I pretty much played the entire game this way. I, of course, would occasionally get stuck in walls, which would require me to reload a save. But for the most part, I was clever in my use of this exploit. I was able to completely skip entire puzzles and parts of dungeons and get to areas of the game far sooner than I was supposed to. It was a pretty interesting adventure. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Your podcast is an integral part of my commute to and from work, Anthony. That's awesome. That's pretty good. As a yeah. kid, I w- you'd be fucking stoked to figure that out. <laughs> yep. Without the internet? So apparently the pause screen in Link's Awakening is just its, it's weakest. Just, <laughs> right. God, I was going to say weakest Link, sorry. <laughs> yep. Yep. Element. <laughs> Zelda. It's its weakest Zelda. <laughs> That's who you play as. You play as Zelda. He's a badass. Yeah. Did uh, you know Zelda was left-handed? God, do you remember that tweet? Yes. Oh. Tweet of the year. Kristen Fr- Freyr Jorensen probably not pronounced that way writes hey thumbs you don't have to put this one on the podcast but i knew i recognize okay well oh this requires the subject line which is the original are you afraid of the dark theme as far as i know oh yeah an icelandic singer named oh my god it's even worse uh (laughs) that's a ellie williams daughter released the song sveiten mili sanda which means the countryside between sands or the farm between sands uh here's a youtube link to it although it's on spotify um, so I listened to this link that the person sent in and the melody line that the woman sings in the song is just the, are you afraid of the dark theme? Like it's the same thing. Right. But this, this, I, are we, I'm not going to play it cause it takes a little while to get to it in the song. But, uh, but, um, this was released in 1965. And this person, so is Are You Afraid of the Dark like a Blurred Lines situation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. 
if if that lawsuit went through, it did. Yeah, and I know. I'm saying like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah we live I, in that era. If that's the case, then maybe, then you know, maybe, then, yeah. yeah, maybe. Are you afraid of the dark versus that? I mean, I the, think that, that Scandinavian is there like a statute of one? limitations though. If you let it go thirty years, without... I don't know. I hope this this is the Supreme Court case though, right here. <laughs> <laughs> are you afraid of the farmland? God, I recorded a cover of the "Are You Afraid of the Dark" theme <sighs> after. Of the closing credits theme. Of the closing credits theme. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about the... This is also the closing credits theme. Um, The opening is just a slow, haunted version of that same melody line. That's true. It's just a little... Little big heartbeats and creaking ropes. One version of it, yeah. Uh, I was always too afraid to watch that show. Mm. I watched everything else on SNCC, but not that. Yeah, you answered yes to that question. If you're Chris's friend, you'd have answered no. Exactly. <laughs> My cousin, <laughs> Alexander Craig Will writes, "Dear Thumbs, your uh, your discussion of childhood misunderstandings jogged a memory for me. When I was five or six, I got the chicken pox. I was when enjoying- I was five or six, I mistake yes for no, and my friend kept <laughs> my cousin is a real dickhead. <laughs> was egging me on. His name was also Chris." My, was, cousin, my cousin's name was Nick. I later <laughs> found out that I confused Chris and Nick. <laughs> I was enjoying it about as much as you'd expect. And so my mother, in an attempt to comfort me, said something along the lines of, I know it's no fun, but this happens to everyone once and then it's done with. Unfortunately, I took this to mean that everybody has the same quota of misfortunes that they're guaranteed to suffer. It's just a question of when. It's only fair after all. In other words, at some point in their life, everyone is guaranteed one car crash, one broken limb, one burglary, one house fire, <laughs> one, one earthquake, puck. one t- tsunami, one meteor strike, and so on. Oh my god. <laughs> As a result, I was one of the only kids in the world probably who was terrified that uh, nothing bad had really happened to me yet because that presumably meant that when all that stuff did happen, it would all happen at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for a wonderful podcast. You're regularly the audio highlight of my week now. Excuse me, I need to go hide under my bed. Best Alex in Boulder, Colorado. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty good. I was afraid I was going to die if my mouth bled and I swallowed it when I was five. I was convinced that was going to kill me, that the blood would kill me, even though it was my own blood. Right. I was absolutely convinced. I asked my mom and everything. It's like, what did she say? She's like, no, you're going to be fine, honey. It'll be all right. (laughs) Just don't drink too much. Then you will die. (laughs) Speaking of speaking of something my mom would say. Speaking she was of talking about mom about things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon writes uh, last week. Kara Ellison's story about her mom telling her that a condom was a little hat for the penis reminded me of a similar anecdote my girlfriend shared with me. When she was a kid, she asked her mom what a virgin was. Her mom responded with quote someone who's never made a mistake. My girlfriend went on for a long time thinking that's what a virgin was. Thanks, guys. Brandon Douglas. <laughs> that's really cute. <laughs> wow, cool mom. That's <laughs> excellent mom story. I think I had a similar, like, uh, sort of, assi- I didn't ever have someone tell me that in those exact words, but just being raised Catholic, that's kind of how the yeah. concept of the Virgin Mary is presented. Like, yeah, they don't, re- like, you can go to mass for a long time as a kid and never be told what a virgin actually is, but sort of, like, get this implication that a virgin is just someone who's better than other people. Yeah, it didn't That's kind of up. just what yeah. it, like is in that in that faith or how it is presented anyway oh absolutely yeah when i was in the fifth grade my dad took me and my sister to see ace ventura pet detective and i came home and my mom had been having a like a friend's night and all her friends left and she started folding laundry and i walked into the laundry room and asked my mom what masturbation was (laughs) because it had been said as a word in the movie (laughs) 
And my mom freaked out and said my dad was never allowed to take me to movies ever again. And I never found out what masturbation was until I started masturbating. The end. <laughs> and then it just spontaneously, like, the knowledge of... No, I was able to fucking word. put it all together later. I was, you know, whatever. I fucking, like, oh, like did sense. some, like, some forensics on that shit. I <laughs> was able to, yeah, I remember connect the dots. My brother and I had a babysitter for a little bit in elementary school. And Sorry, Interesting segue. Well, it's it's very related because she, we I convinced her to take us to see Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Oh, oh it is very related. I, yes. I and I remember she asked me, "Why would you want to see this movie?" And and I remember not knowing how to answer that question. I was like, "Ah, uh, because I I want to." Like I, did, I, like, I just didn't have like, I, like I, yeah. the idea of like having to justify right. because the like, trailers for it looked funny as a little right. kid. Yeah, exactly. but yeah. I am small and I only know what I want that the marketing has right. told me I want it. And then we went and saw <laughs> yeah. it and she's like, "That was really stupid." And I was and I again didn't know how to like tell her differently. Like, was, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, if madam. Only you had your current powers of rhetoric. <laughs> So you just asked her what masturbation was. <laughs> Not making a mistake. <laughs> Mixing your metaphors. She made a mistake and it was taking Chris to see Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah, well. She got to the end and was like, that's really transphobic. That's a really fucked up movie. Yeah. That movie it is, is, it is so pretty fucked, fucked up. up. I know, yeah. It it's is. crazy fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, Jake and I had this realization the other night at the Parkside. We were oh, you about- well, you you related the realization to me because I had it the last time I watched Ace Ventura. Oh, I haven't Pet- seen Pet it since the, which was aforementioned. A long, it was a couple of years ago now, and yeah, holy, it's buckets. ridiculously transphobic. Yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking about you it now. I saw it when I was like exactly. twelve, and yeah, mm-hmm. you couldn't make that movie now without just everybody no going, like, "Why would yeah. you do this?" Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. Ba- yeah, it's pretty shocking, actually. Nope, it's pretty bad. <clears throat> the sequel was way better. Was it really? It was way more inclusive. I don't. I know I saw the sequel, <laughs> the but sequel I remember not absolutely not. No, I didn't it. say it was no, good. No, it was just like just completely. It was just more every- <laughs> like I, mm. it was just uh, more. There are more things in it that are amusing to an adult than the first. The movie. Monopoly guy, guy. There's the Monopoly guy. There's the Rhino birth, oh, which yeah. is definitely the best part That's of a good any point. anything Ace Ventura ever touched. For sure. <laughs> that rubber Rhino butt. Yes. I mean, that's an actually funny scene. It has its moments. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... On well, a more reader mail, really. Very, very, very different note. Well, I can stop. No, no I want to hear the different note. Come on. Uh, Ryan Wianco writes, Hey, Thumbs. Um, I posted this in the forums, but as a noob to the forums, I wasn't sure if you guys grabbed threads to read on the air or if an email with the same question in it is the best bet to get it on the show. It is. Second. Good it's job. It's a question I would very much love You've to feedback on. passed your first test. <laughs> uh... So he says, I run a small but growing dev house, and as we've grown, I've had to start thinking about filling lots of positions I would never have imagined myself hiring for, things one or two steps removed from actual creative or technical development. Creating an HR department, for example, and just having someone to get dedicated to HR. The department we are planning for is, uh, they're also planning for is uh, public relations and hiring a director of communications to help shape our relationships with the public at large. Um, I have a couple women in mind for a few positions in this department, both of whom have incredible track records in other industries. Both are enthusiastic gamers and are excited to work for us, but neither are familiar with the games industry itself. Um, the director of communications also happens to be my wife, which combined with the fact that she's unfamiliar with things like gamer gates and the industry at large has made me hesitant about having her in a public facing role. She would be incredible at directing communications without a doubt, but I realized today that the thought of her being our public face made me very nervous, especially because this is a woman I love more than any other. 
If she were already in the industry and was willingly putting herself on the front lines, it would be a different story as she would know what she was, know what she was signing up for. But the idea of bringing in an outsider who doesn't really know about the nasty sexist side of the community made me reconsider what the responsibility should be and made me incredibly sad for the industry as a whole. To be clear, I don't feel the need to shelter my wife as she's the most independent lady uh, I've, I know, but I hate the fact that my first instinct in this situation is to, in fact, shelter her from a shitstorm of insanity that women have to deal with in this industry. Uh, my next step is to have some long talks with her about the state of this and what might be in store before making any decisions. But I was curious if other if uh, other studio heads have faced similar dilemmas or if there are any women here in public positions and what advice you have or women just ent- entering the industry from the outside. Uh, P.S. I've been listening to the show since episode one when I was doing a podcast of my own. And seven years later, I've decided to get a bit, a bit more involved in this great community. Thanks for the pods you guys have cast on our faces over the years. Ryan Wianco under uh, Iron Belly Studios. Man, there's a lot to talk mm-hmm. about here. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's sort of like the quan. There's the 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 quandary, right? And then there's obviously just. I think that's the more. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's the one that I think we should all talk about and tease out. Wait, what is really the know. other thing that you're talking about? Well, the end he asked about like women in the industry, like just sort of direct experiences, and obviously. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, sure, yeah, okay. I mean, so um, we have a studio called Campo Santo, and um, Jane Ng, who's our environment artist, uh, she's talked publicly about this, so I feel like it's okay to talk about. Um, she kind of like raised the ire of some gamer gators for a few weeks there. And, uh, that was tough because like, like she's my friend and you kind of like, it was that same sort of thing, but on a very small scale of wanting to like, be like you can't talk to her like that and like step in as a guy. Um, and also just as somebody who's like, so in at Campo Santo, I generally do, I, I generally run the business the most like that's just what I have taken on the most of. And so I felt like I needed to do something, but um, I didn't really. And Jane just did her thing and it was fine because she's smart and professional and like, I would never want to tangle with her because <laughs> she, she's yeah. like a very uh, <laughs> formidable human being. Uh, but she's also been in the industry for long enough to where like, I think you know, like she just knew she had perspective on the entire situation, which I think is kind of the important thing to think about in hiring anyone, um, especially your partner in that making sure that they're like set up to succeed. Sure. That's something that I would be outside of the, the Gamergate context. I'm sure you could probably think of another very difficult to explain concept that could be an immediate hurdle for her that she doesn't have the experience to overcome and you as her husband slash boss would be a very challenging, like that'd be a very, very challenging relationship to navigate. Not that it's impossible. And it sounds like you and your wife have a fantastic, like respectful, good relationship where you guys can do that. But, um, yeah, I think that that's sort of the thing that I realized listening to that. I think the most important thing in the universe as an employer or as a partner, as as somebody who cares about another human being, is to be supportive and make sure that the other person feels supported and not, not you know, <clears throat> patronized or anything along those lines. But in, in such a case, you know, like if I am being harassed and my boss it, it wants to show support, they could say something like, 
hey, I just want you to know we're here for you. If there's anything we can do, there are services, there's HR, whatever, whatever it is, just sort of verbalizing and acknowledging that, yeah. like, we're yeah. here for you. We're not going to step in or, or we do anything aware. weird. Yeah, right. we care well, also and, like, and we're here. You it's know. something I told Jane and Jake and I talked about. We all we all talked about it. Jake, Jane and I um, was publicly somebody looped me into the conversation. And I think my only response publicly was like, Jane is the best. And anything she says is she is speaking for the company on this. And then we just got together and like went and got coffee and said, like, look, like, we tr- like I, I trust Jane like I trust her with everything you know yeah. the whole th- like that's a th- kind of the fun thing about running a small business especially a game developer is that like any one person could destroy the company <laughs> like because <laughs> sure. you have so- there's such a big yeah. piece of the pie yeah so like you have to trust that person with the keys and you just made that clear like Jane you say whatever you want on Twitter, you say whatever you want in a talk at GDC, you do whatever you want. And that would go with for anyone, you know, um, because you have to be able to do like you have to feel trusted and supported. Yeah. Absolutely. So we did talk about that. And I think that's a good piece of advice. Yeah, it's a really good piece of advice. I think that's the most important thing. And also, like, it can be very, you know, I, I've been harassed a bit, obviously not anywhere close to the degree that several people in our mm-hmm. industry have been several women in our industry have been. Um, but I have gotten some degree of it, and my girlfriend has gotten it far, far, far worse. So I almost feel like I, I sympathize with this person, you know, preemptively feeling mm-hmm. bad about his wife potentially being right. harassed as well. Um, and it can be a really, really isolating feeling, even though it's obviously happening to many people. Like, it, when it actually happens to you, it can feel incredibly <clears throat> isolating, and, like, you can't you don't feel like you can talk about it because you just feel like it's going to get worse. If you talk about it publicly, it just means it's an admission of defeat in some level or or that it could be taken that way by the people who are doing the harassing that, oh, you're admitting that it's that it's getting to you, that kind of thing. Um, and in those cases, again, support is the most important thing and finding a place like there are places on the internet where women who are in the game industry can potentially be and be supportive of one another. You know, there are, there are places for that sort of thing and that's really, really really important. So if she does take this kind of job, uh, I would encourage her to find those places to seek other women in the industry and actually really take that seriously in case something does happen. Because that's, there's no, you can't really put a price on the feeling of like, hey, there are other people who this has happened to and they give a shit and we're going to help each other and kind of have that. So both support on your, like, uh, within your workplace and also support within just feeling like other people in the industry care and it's also here. i think it's also worth going into this with the knowledge that the culture is what it is yes but also <laughs> not with the assumption that it will be terrible like i think you can you can overhype yourself up about how shitty this is guaranteed to be and sure. what a huge risk it is to the point that you just spiral yourself out of even considering this a, a possibility and like i don't i don't know like that that even just within that email mm-hmm. it felt like he was like writing it out working himself up about how fucked it was going to be it's like it's it's probably not going to be fucked like you know hedge your bets be careful everyone should like what always but like sure you know just yeah i mean i think as long like yeah i think you're right you know know the risks and know the reality it'd be a real shame if a like very capable like great person was kept out of the industry right because that's exactly what 
people want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's actually that's the terrorist winning, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 That that is that is actually, um, I think um, uh, at the one reason to be panel at GDC. Um, oh man, what's the name of the Uncharted creative, former Uncharted creative director, Amy Hennig? Amy Hennig, yeah. yeah. She gave a presentation. One of the things she said. She said she had a different experience than a lot of the people out there because she's she's worked in like large organizations that um, presumably like have HR departments and all these things. She she spoke about the experience of not really ever having to deal with like harassment or uh, like sexism at her job and having actually a pretty great career of like supportive people. But one of the things she said is like to be careful about um, like creating the image that these problems are so like fully blanketing every moment of kind of women's experiences in games that they actually like guarantee that fewer, even fewer women than already do will have any interest in, in becoming part of the, the the larger community, Um, which, you know, is worth considering. It's worth taking into account that as well as like stealing yourself for the possibility that, a shitty thing may in fact happen. Right. But the majority um, of the time and from probably a huge amount of people all of the time, you'll just be doing your job. Right. Yeah. But then, I, but, I then had, but then there's also just poo everywhere. Right. There's the poo <laughs> everywhere. I had uh, very <clears throat> conflicting feelings on, on Hennig's uh, mm-hmm. talk. Uh, sure. I think first and foremost, she's incredible and talented and I'm so happy she had that experience. Like yeah. that's wonderful. Um, I think it's entirely possible that she has the kind of personality where something that would be really, really hurtful to somebody who is potentially a little more sensitive, it would just wash off of her. And I'm not sure if that has to do with she, – she talked quite a bit, actually. She she went on and on about her entire career. She originally was went to film school and experienced tons of sexism in film school mm-hmm. as a cinematographer and then said she went to video games and was like – this is amazing. This is great. Like it, by comparison, it felt like a very even playing field, which I think is super rad. And she talked about how, like, the way she deals with criticism was, you know, somebody saying, make me a sandwich. And she's like, yeah, I'll make you a sandwich. And then her next slide was, and also a AAA game franchise. So I almost feel like she has really, like, you know, quote unquote, the right attitude to deal with that sort of thing. But I also hesitate. I also don't want to ever place blame on people who don't have that attitude about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. If, If that makes sense. Like, not all of us are sort of equipped to deal with harassment or, or basic poo and shittiness no, in, yeah, like, in sort of the same way. So it's like a very, it's it's kind of a tough I couldn't do that. Whatever that, that response about that, make you make me a sandwich and a, I couldn't yeah. say that. Yeah, it's, it's like a very, like, I super, like, I strive to be that way and I want to be that way, but I also know that it's probably unfair to expect well, I, right, all I, of us to I think, be that way. Yes, that for sure. Sense. I think the, the, the difference is maybe actually... My suspicion would be yeah. that one difference between the experience Amy Hennig has had and the experience that some other people have had, it, 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 part of it might be a personality thing, but I think part of it might actually just be being exposed to to like literally different things. Sure. Like I think that yeah. like yeah. there's a big difference between Amy Hennig's career, which is like has existed in the institutional games industry, like Absolutely. at again large companies with like established HR departments, and like she doesn't. Like I get, I don't know. Does she even have a Twitter account? If she does, I yeah, don't think she, she. She okay. Well, she's not a Twitter person. She's not like an online, right. like no. always in the middle of the internet person. It's just clearly not the kind of. It's Her very face clear. Is also, just not out there. Yeah, she's yeah. just not really like. 
she she's the kind of person who likes going to her job and going to the office and that's where her job is like to her her job doesn't exist on the internet yeah. her job exists in the physical walls that is the office she's working in at whatever company that is at any given moment and so i think the reason she's had that experience is in large part because most of where these shittier experiences come from is because the people who are taking the shit have either a like professional career or a sort of hobbyist career that actually lives in the middle of the, the poop. Absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, unaddressable. Right. Like, cause it's, yes, yeah. I think receiving, I suspect that receiving a cascade of online harassment from nameless, faceless shadows is a very different experience than receiving a sexist remark from a human being you're standing in front of. Not right. that one's easier or whatever. Right. Like right. that's, that's just, they're just very, they're different very different experiences. Sure. Yeah. And like, and for what it's worth, I do, I believe Amy Henning when she says that she has had base, almost no experiences like that. I think it's totally possible to have a career where you just work with good people. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, but I, I think increasingly, um, especially on the sort of smaller scale game development side of things, it's more of your experiences are going to exist in the kind of big online unguarded sort of like poo land. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although, although the particular job that is being described, which is director of communications is also probably less likely like that. That's the kind of job that probably doesn't have to be like, this is me with like my Twitter personality. Like that's probably more of a thing where she's like, Dealing with press outlets and fashioning. It really press depends on the size and, of the company. Though. Yeah, you could also just yeah. be the face of every blog post signed with your name. You know? that, that was my experience at the ACLU when I worked in communications. It had to be because, like, at, yeah. at, at Telltale, when it was a thirty-person company and the web team was me, Doug, and Emily Morganti, Emily was the face of that company. Like right. every blog sure. post that posted sure. by Emily, every forum post was just her. She didn't post as Mod or something like. Right. No, but I guess what what I'm like saying. The YouTube account was Emily TTG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not saying like no, no. Okay, well that's true. And she but, was the entire communications and PR no, no, no. department for a thirty person studio. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it, but even within the context of the size of the studio, it's also like what function is that is that serving? Is that her like going out and being an evangelist to the internet at large for Telltale, or is that her dealing with the Telltale community on the Telltale forums right, and was, Telltale channels? It was channel? the like, latter. Until something goes are, wrong, and then she's the face sure, that everyone takes right. a shit on. Right. Yeah. And know? there are, yeah. there are also companies that don't like any employees. To have a face out there, not for gender reasons, but just because they want it to be the company rather than like some arbitrary person of the company. So it really depends on a million different factors yeah. that sure. that we don't know about this person's particular studio. Um, it could be a very institutional, but also voice, it's or his it could studio, be a so he could just voice. decide what he wants to do. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I think that I think it would be a shame for you, the person writing us, to like be so overcautious about this that you like don't give a deserving person an opportunity. I think you yeah, both just, just, need, down to, both like, just need to like understand the reality of the situation and like try to shape like, cause you, you're also deciding what this job is and what the responsibilities right. are and like sure. create that in a responsible way. And have, and have sort of, I, I find that it's very helpful to have the idea of, okay, if things do go wrong, here are the steps we'll take. Here's mm -hmm. the support right. we'll give you, yeah. that kind of thing. Make sure that she knows you have her back, which I'm yeah. sure she already does. Yeah. Cool. Man, that was long. You guys want to call it? Yeah. Thanks good, for listening. It's a good place. Yeah. 
None of you. I don't want to talk about it right now, but no one here has played Ori and the Blind Forest yet, right? Because we're all <laughs> idiots. Not yet. No, I'm we'll, playing we'll it tonight. Play it. Yeah, we'll play it. That game looks really good. That's yeah. all. Maybe next time. <laughs> it's really pretty. Jake, I bet you play it. it. Having no internet, the week <laughs> that, uh, that City Skylines and Ori have both just like right. been exploding is so painful. <laughs> That's all. Um, thanks for listening, Chris. You want to play us out with your with your list of social links? Oh, sure. Yeah. Man, good point. <laughs> this has been Idle Thumbs. Uh, we're a podcast on the internet at Idle Thumbs on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. Uh, if you did like this, please tell a friend. It's the only way that we grow the show. Um, consider rating us on iTunes if you liked it. These things all help, and uh, it's literally the only reason anyone listens to this podcast. So <laughs> thanks if you've ever done that. It means a lot to us. You yeah. can find us on the internet at our actual homepage at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs, the best URL. Um, I don't know if you said this at the beginning, but please write us more emails at questions at idlethumbs.net. Yeah, and watch us on Twitch. Recently. Please go back and watch Danielle's City Skyline <laughs> streams at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to hear more City Skylines talk. Or hear Patricia snore. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say Three Moves Ahead, which is a sort of strategy and wargaming podcast that is also on Idle Thumbs and is fantastic. Did a whole uh, City Skyline episode this week. I need to listen to that. That has a million guests on it. It seems like it's a good episode. That's cool. Super. Meet you guys here next week. Sounds good. All right. See you in my bed later. Definitely. Chris. Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> you and your undies. Me. You and me undies. Mm. Whoa. Sean, you know what we can listen to when we're uh, in that bed together? Well, I know what I'll be listening to. What? You breathing. Well, what I will be listening to and what will make me breathe excitedly is not you, but Retroactive Part 1, the new album from uh, Kaiji Yamagishi, his first ever solo album. He was the composer uh, on Ninja Gaiden and on Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, Yes. If I hear the theme... If I hear anything that sounds like the theme from Ninja Gaiden while you and I are in bed together, it's going to be a long <laughs> night for you. Well, <laughs> you can you can listen to this in advance for free at uh, store.bravewave.net. Try it out. See what you think. Buy it if you like. I'll wait till after our, after you've ch- you've tested out All right. Well, store.bravewave.net. It's called Retroactive Part 1. Here's a little taste. I'm wearing them right now. I'll do the entire ad read in my underwear. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Want At you, least. Yeah, I don't want you to have to. The entire first through. half, no, he's going to be taking only off my underwear. Jeez, Louise! <laughs> yeah, step That's the whole thing. Step one: the Mandy's come off through the pant leg without the pants being removed. Slowly, weirdly. <laughs> and for my next trick, <laughs> I'm going to shit a Casper mattress. <laughs>